What up? Hello, everybody. How we doing? Hey, hey. It's the uh, it's the Spinecrackers podcast back uh, from a, a small hiatus, I suppose. We've been we've been a little all over the place lately. We admit. Yeah, I, I mean, look. But listen, sometimes life gets in the way. Life happens. We're we're grown ass adults. You know, Paul got a, a new job again, like his fifth mm-hmm. new job. But I think this one's gonna stick. And uh, yeah. he moved, and uh, and we kicked him off the podcast. So uh, we have Ben here with us. <laughs> Welcome, Ben. This is a safe space because I haven't released a video in two months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, do you wait? I thought, we you call were, you... I thought you were putting one out for Bloomsday. Did that not happen? Oh, I'm still working on it. Um, so I just, like Paul, work has been really busy this month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I can say what it is. Like, um, I'm probably in a day or two, I'm going to be releasing uh, my review of Finnegan's Wake. Yes. Oh, baby. shit. Breaking news, baby. Breaking news and on the Spinecrackers podcast. I'll have even more breaking news. I. Um, and gonna start a model kit channel as well. A what channel? Model kits. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool, dude. Right now, yeah. I'm working on this big ass Optimus. <laughs> Damn, that thing looks fucking huge. Yeah, and I've used like probably 15 paints on it so far. So, so if you're into model kits or or like seeing what the ones they do on Instagram, check out my channel. It's gonna be called um Ben Builds Mecca. Nice. Ben builds Mecca. Okay. Yeah. So B- yeah. BBM. Uh, BBM. BBM. Yeah. Big beautiful Ben. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for those of you uh, who don't recognize this fine gentleman, this able replacement for Paul, uh, just by his <laughs> sultry Mark Plyer esque voice that I had just learned about, apparently. <laughs> um, we have uh, we have Ben uh, from the YouTube channel Bookshore the uh how's it going friend of the show been on what two times previously yeah two times previously and what, um, were, what, what, what did you what, what were you on the, for you were on for um cannonball, cannonball and what else yeah and then third um, rank third right oh bolaño right 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 which, right right which is also like um kind of funny because this book um was released after the author's death as well that's <laughs> that true yeah. weird um well yeah, speaking man. of speaking of uh this book um what do you guys think about the grimace shake <laughs> i think it's about the day de- i think it's the sh- a, a case in point of the complete <laughs> degradation of culture consumerism run rampant and incidental art on tiktok being made in the shadow of it the beautiful thing about um shakes back in the past with that you get the pleasure of making it with your own hands and nowadays you just <laughs> you just go to a fast food counter with all these electronics and having somebody buy it for you taking that out of taking that pleasure away from you i know it and it's aura it's aura is is snuffed out you know because your two hands aren't putting the purple food dye in to your hand mixed milkshake to create your own grimace shake you know what i mean and and the yeah. the, the shake awards uh committees rewarding this bullshit pop grimace shake over the much more deserving thomas pynchon shake uh from arby's yeah Uh, right mystery flavor in the back of the day um the the true grimace shake was dostoevsky walking through the snow through the gulags (laughs) (laughs) that's right the piss snow cone that he would love to yeah yeah good old piss snow cone dude (laughs) 
Just the snow um, mixed with the sweat of his brow. Mm. That's right. And the Come blood on. of his efforts. Yeah. Sounds fucking delicious, honestly. I, okay. Here's the real question. Would you drink the Dostoevsky piss snow cone? No. Just to say you just to say you did it. No. I can't even the, the hypothetical is so <laughs> you if it was his piss, like I guess no like only true fans. You would, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude, <laughs> fake piss, fans. Piss pig. Little Dostoevsky piss pig. Fake fans, dude. There, there would definitely be some people on the Instagram scene who would do it. I think I I might. A little Dostoevsky pee-pee? Oh my god, no. I would Just never how, call on this podcast again. <laughs> the man seems dehydrated. That's true. It's probably so it'd probably be oh, He yeah. only takes dehydrated piss since he was like a boy. <laughs> yeah. It's Just black bread and, uh, and raw onion and no water and vodka. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me one of the I always I I always I, I like uh you guys seen the usual suspects, obviously, the movie. There's yeah, a lot. No. Have you seen you haven't seen it, Ben? Oh, it's really good. Um, no, I'm a nerd. I've watched I've watched Mecca stuff now. <laughs> Jojo. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's I don't know. I feel yeah, I guess it's it's one Gattis of those, would like, not like that, Ben. No, that's true. Wouldn't. Wait, you don't think you don't think Gaddis would like anime? No. No. Okay. <laughs> you guys would know. I think that's pretty pretty obvious. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a more complicated question, but oh, he would see Chat GP and just have a heart attack. Well, yeah, well, we'll, we'll get to that for sure. Uh, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, but um, there's a line in Usual Suspects where Kevin Spacey's character, uh, problematic, Kev, uh, problematic Kevin Spacey, like, like another representation of the degradation of our society that we hold up these figures like Kevin Spacey. Exactly. I exactly. know. I I uh anyway he talks about he's talking about being dehydrated he, he talks about his piss coming out like snot and it makes me so gr- it's such a gross Ugh. line and just the way he says I'm just like Ugh, it sounds so gross. <laughs> That's uh, such anyway, a good description. Yeah, not yeah, about yeah, that. yeah. It was, ugh, yeah, so nasty. Effective, effective communication. Super effective. I'm just yeah. See you. Yeah, go to the doctor. Um, but the other thing about Kevin Spacey, we're just covering. <laughs> uh, uh, this is now a. <laughs> Pop culture current, current from events, the past. Pop culture no, not podcast. Here's a here's the real question, and maybe I'll put maybe I'll put this on the table, and maybe we save it for um, uh, the Patreon segment. But you know, when he did his video, his response Frank video Underwood? to the allegations as Frank Underwood, I yes. thought that was the worst YouTuber apology video possible <laughs> until ukulele lady. Ukulele lady. <laughs> did you Ben? Did you see that? I saw the thumbnails and I was like, oh, I just don't care. Oh man, I watched the whole I thing. I watched commentary. I I got sucked in because I never again. Another we were just talking about Markiplier, uh, a, another person that I had never fucking heard of before. I guess because she made mostly makes the content for kids, you know, singing videos. I never I heard of her either. Was this 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 Miranda sings person? And I never heard of it until this ukulele video. And I got I was down go. the ra- I was down the rabbit hole yesterday a little bit. Yeah. What was the accusation? Or what was she apologizing for? Basically, some like Ghislaine Maxwell type shit. Yeah. Essentially, essentially, like grooming, um, yeah, grooming kids, like f- kind of for herself, but also for her like pedophile brother. I think. Okay, this is just like a YouTube thing now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you might yeah. think that we are okay because we are on the the free portion of the episode. We got to get to the meat. Okay, sorry. Here we go. Yeah, we'll come. We'll, this we'll is, talk about one quick question. Thing. Yeah. Did you could literally go make the song happy, happy, happy? Because I do like those cat memes. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll live in ignorance then. 
Okay. <laughs> it's better. Say, it's better it's, for you. Some yeah. say bliss. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know who would not be happy with people living in ignorance? Uh, William Gaddis, who is the author of the uh, novel, uh, the, or uh, novella, I suppose. Um, I mean, speaking of YouTube, I, I think this is probably more akin to a hashtag rant uh, YouTube video uh, than uh, yeah. anything, than, than any literary form that I'm aware of. I told my um, friend it's more like a Daily Wire article. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, it's very uh William Gaddis, um, aka Matt Walsh. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh the the the, the text in question today is what Agape. Is a piano? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is yeah. Uh, yeah. is Agape a gate? Uh, which was published in 2002, uh, after Gaddis's death in uh 98, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was his. So, yeah, his obviously his final work. Uh, and we're here to talk about it. This is the Spinecrackers podcast, by the way. Uh, yeah, I think we've mentioned that. My, I'm Gabe. I'm a host. And uh, we have Ben from Bookshore and then Matt. the other. Host. I'm Matt. Yeah. And if you and like the is... show, you can go to patreon.com slash Spinecrackers. If you really want to hear us get into uh, Ghislaine Maxwell uh, YouTuber drama, um, <laughs> we do we do that on the Discord. Yeah. Um, but here we are talking about this book. Uh, this was my pick, I guess, technically. Right? right yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll explain it, Own it. And, and talk about uh, what it's about. So <clears throat> I, I picked this because um, we needed a short book, obviously, uh, uh, because we were trying to we're trying to get, you know, Paul was busy. I was trying to pick something that he could read in a short amount of time uh he's not here because he couldn't make it regardless and i wanted to dip my toes into gaddis you know he only has what uh five novels including this four other than this yeah um and most of them are are fucking uh famously enormous right jr and the recognitions um specifically and the other two are what a frolic of his own and uh carpenter's gothic that's right i think they're pretty shorter yeah and those are a little yeah. shorter, not as short as this, but certainly shorter than JR and the recognitions. Um, I have the recognitions and I, I, I plan to read it uh, before I die. That's the only promise I can make at, at some <laughs> point. Um, Same. You haven't read it? Okay, that's what I was going to ask because I know, Matt, you're a completionist. You've done it all, right, with Gaddis? Yep. Ben, yeah. what's your Gaddis experience so far? What have you read? Just a lot of people tell me to read recognitions. And I... <laughs> the first page but i just wasn't ready for it yet not not, yeah. not that it was too tough but i just wasn't in the mood for a novel like that but um yeah because uh, you're I'm, I'm you're, probably, you're the you're the big complicated book guy on youtube kind of yeah and i'm kind of getting over it yeah <laughs> like, because I, and like well that's what i want to talk about this book and i want to say my reason why but like um samuel delaney has told me to be the recognitions because i'm kind of getting tired of instagram um, yeah. recommendations because they've been largely just not fruitful and just yeah tedious and kind of got me out of reading yeah um, like <laughs> solenoid is just dog shit <laughs> it was not just it's 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 really average solenoid um, yeah that's not, it's, not, it's not it's not a hot take it's a bad book but um <laughs> like, I, have, right. uh, I have blinding here next to my bed and i'm gonna i'm gonna hopefully get to it this summer at some point but uh yeah I don't know how that book would do, but Solenoid is just the most average maximalist novel you can read. And like people saying it's the best surrealist novel, it's not surreal. 
I have 200 pages left, but I had to, I stopped twice just out of pure boredom reading it. Interesting. Yeah. So, so mind you with that, I wasn't ready for the recognition. Just like, I don't want to do another a thousand page book and have the same thing. Mm-hmm. But Delaney recommends it a lot. And I probably will try to tackle it this year and everything for him. But I'm going to feed, I'm feed him a few more of this stuff. Definitely not this year, but uh, in my lifetime, I, I, will, I will read it. It's, it's, I'm looking at it right now. My bookshelf has uh, kind of like see-through, like cage sides, and I'm it's staring mm. at me. I have it positioned so it's staring at me constantly. There you go. Um, Quietly judging you. So oh, okay, I, so yeah, go ahead, man. Um, I just before I know before we get too many to it, I will say, like after this book and like some other books, like Solenoid, Gabe, I'm firmly in your camp now. I'm tired of books that are about writers. Thank you. It's just you. the most masturbatory thing in the world. Over it. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, for sure. Nine times out of 10. And if you you do do it, it's probably already an exceptional author. But like, yeah, it's 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 not I'm going to be avoiding those books from now on. I'm the the meta stuff. I'm I'm over it. And it's funny because I like postmodernism is as a philosophical movement. But the, the, the meta like self, whatever. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page. I'll get more um, into that later on, but go ahead. Yeah, Sorry, Patreon. Pa- we can talk more on the Patreon. Um, so, so this is your first Gaddis then, Ben. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Gattis. cool. So me and you are in that position, and then Matt's read everything. So this will be an interesting conversation because Matt, <laughs> yeah, Matt yeah, is yeah. the is the man with the context here, uh, and you and I are are uh, neophytes uh, yeah. with respect to Gaddis. So I mean, I'm Mexican, uh, that, but okay. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so so I you know, and like like Ben, many people have been recommended Gaddis and and you know, he has this kind of reputation as a unsung uh, you know, uh, genius of the post-war American fiction. Um, mm-hmm. you know, JR as this kind of critique of of capitalism or or corporate culture more specifically and the recognitions is just kind of like this genius cultural critique type novel blah 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 and so yeah i wanted a little taste uh and i thought this would be a reasonable place to start uh and uh, maybe not the best place because it's his last novel published after his death um which is generally speaking not a good place to start with anybody probably so that's my l perhaps uh i seem to have terrible luck uh, um, this is in keeping with that like i, I don't know what it is like i whenever i whenever i dive into a new writer this happened with Nosgard. this happened with um i don't know it's happened with a few people but i read DeLillo. a book huh delillo De- yeah delillo yeah. we we started with fucking um cosmopolis cosmopolis which yeah, sucked yeah yeah um and uh, but then you know we read Libra and I, that's that's going to be in my one of my top 5 for the year for sure that was an incredible Ooh. book yeah um so yeah uh and then i read also uh what's the other what's the other famous delillo book that i read this last year underworld uh no not underworld the one about the college professor and not oh white noise white White noise Noise, yeah also fantastic one of my my favorite books yeah also fantastic so if if my experience with delillo is any indication then it's it can only go up from here but so that's why i picked it what it's about uh is it's it's it is a um I feel like it sort of rides the line between novel and like essay, right? Uh, Gaddis is is speaking. The narrator is. Um, it's basically a dialogue that we only hear one half of, right? It's just a guy 
talking to someone, the audience. Um, and he's a writer himself, I believe, right? And yeah. he's working on this project uh, about, you know, the history of mechanization or automaticity in art, right? Essentially the degradation of authenticity of art over the course of history, um, focusing specifically, sort of taking as his kind of paragon example, uh, the player piano, right? Um, using that uh, technological development as his kind of uh, jumping off point to talk about these broader themes about art, authenticity, automation, uh, cultural right. degradation, uh, you know, et cetera, right? Um, and, you know, throughout the whole novel, there's like a parallel, I think, between his his own health degrading and kind of falling apart uh and you know he's dying he's in his room or whatever his house and he's he's dying and there's like you know he takes breaks to cough and he's forgetful and da 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 and you get this image of this writer in this very cluttered room trying to keep track of all this shit he's been writing so he's talking to an unknown interlocutor and or the audience uh i thought it was more like an internal monologue oh you read it as internal that's interesting yeah. Uh, why? I didn't. Um, it, it seemed like Gaddis was trying to go for like a stream of consciousness kind of deal, mm -hmm. and but like it didn't really match the poetics that you would see in like Joyce or, or Virginia Woods. Um, and like I, another friend said, it was in a monologue. Also, after, after like I read the book, and he's like, "Yeah, it's more of like he said like, yeah, Gaddis is other. Maybe Matt, you can um, clarify this or confirm this." Gaddis's other works are more like just um outer outer dialogue, and this one is more inner monologue. Um, but and, actually, and it's, in his other work, it, it's consistent in the sense that nothing is attributed, right? Like that's a, a a thing he does stylistically, or is that just a recognition? No, it's it's actually the most used and like pushed forward in JR. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like but completely like, unattributed exterior dialogue, right. where you need to like discern who the speakers are through like continued like quirks of turns of phrase and things like that but like whether in this book he's talking to somebody who's in a mon monologue it doesn't really matter too much because mm -hmm. there's not a lot of depth to this book unfortunately no yeah um i think it's gonna be interesting because i think we're gonna we're gonna wind up pretty quickly having a sort of um meta conversation uh in this discussion because i think <laughs> you know just based on some some previous uh discussions before the episode started i think we're all more or less on the same page uh, um I, I i hated this i thought it was dog shit um yeah. I'll, just, I'll just i'll just i'll just i'll just put that uh up front um and we can obviously we'll obviously get into more about why um but yeah, we'll intellectually justify not right. think this book is fucking bad yeah um so yeah uh that that's the sort of gist right that's basically the gist it's and you know there's yeah, all that's kinds all it is, of, yeah it's 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 a it's a sort of uh yeah it's kind of an essay Dave, Dave, you look so tired already <laughs> I, I, no, i'm not i'm not tired i'm just i'm, I'm i just I'm, i just fucking i just fucking <laughs> i did okay. the thing where i did the thing where i have my fingers in my eyes under my glasses which is uh <laughs> um can i can i start off with something i think Please. the frustrating I think the frustrating thing about this as well is that 
he's criticizing a lot of stuff and he's using examples that he likes, but he's not really going in depth to any example. Like it's, it's that kind of like, you know, when you get out of college or whatever, it's like, you're just dropping a bunch of names. The other person doesn't know, but like, it's not, you're not formalizing an argument. Yes. And then when he does start to formalize an argument against the piano, which is again, the piano, I, I can go to a lot with the piano. I'll do that later. But like, you know, when he starts getting like the piano on the wrongs with it, he just gets like, even the narrator gets like, um, exasperated like oh I, I just can't i just can't even deal with it like the most boomer thing ever <laughs> so it's like you're reading this book about this guy complaining everything but he, he doesn't say anything or why it's good or why the other stuff was or bad and it, it, yeah it just it's just a mess yeah it's 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 chock full of um like 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 you said ben and i've talked about this before on the show i have a i have a low tolerance for um uninteresting kind of like just name dropping or like example gesturing right and he, there's a yeah. lot in here right like it's clear that Gaddis into as, as a person has a lot of um uh uh tidbits of knowledge right so he talks about like i don't know i think it was pindar right with the like moving statues in in rome or greece or wherever the fuck it was like mm-hmm you know, and, and there's a lot of weird little examples like that and, and interesting kind of tidbits of history of the player piano and and um, all of that kind of things. And, you know, it's, and, and I think it's sort of gesturing at some ideas that are just already available in a more interesting sort of way, right? And, and even from yeah. people that he, he references, right? He talks about uh, Walter Benjamin, uh, the work of art in the age of mechanical reproduction. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he mentions Heidegger, uh, but I, 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 I think, oh yeah, okay. I I, I, I couldn't remember, you know. Um, well, uh, again, I've read a little bit of Heidegger. I haven't finished um, t- Time and Being. Yeah, yeah, Being in Time, yeah. But, but, yeah, Being in Time. Um, but he mentions Heidegger, but like, I don't I don't think he even says anything about Heidegger's philosophy or anything like that. Like yeah. Dawson, or anything like that. He just like, yeah, Heidegger. Like, oh, okay, cool, dude. <laughs> it's just that it's it's sort of that classic thing that people do with philosophers like this, and and <clears throat> sort of like, as this person said, you know, such and such, and then just leave it mm-hmm. there, right? Like, well, interrogate it a little bit. Tell me something interesting about it, right? Like, don't just tell me a quote uh, and 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 let it sit. Can I? Can I? Uh do a bit of defense here please yeah yeah. No. We're, we're, we're we're behalf. and wait i have i have i have complaints about the substance as well uh but that's a different that's a different point yeah yeah i think that's the more interesting thing but i will say this isn't like you know i still didn't like it but like um i think gaddis is uh underappreciated in the sense of him being funny like i think mm. he has more of a sense of humor than people tend to give him credit for because he writes these sprawling systems novels and he's very like critical but like his, one of the things that like I thought of that doesn't save the book, but like makes it more tall, made it more tolerable for my like reading end was, I think he's basically making fun of himself. Like I think he's essentially like, because he's he's lifting. He was really inspired by uh, Thomas Bernhard's Concrete, who is also mentioned in the text, right? Who's Bernhard? mentioned? Yeah, he lifts this entire. Who we've done Style. an episode on? Go, uh, go, go! Watch it. It's also on bookshore.com. You t- 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 yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, plug it, baby. He he lifts this 
whole style from Baron Hart, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he makes the joke that, like, remember, uh, I forget, Salvador Dali was yelling at some filmmaker about stealing his dreams. Yes, like, yes. So one of the keys that I thought made me think that this was supposed to be a somewhat humorous parody of his own self as, like, a thinly veiled stand-in, because Gaddis himself was dying of cancer, had failed to write a massive work on the social history of the player piano, Uh, couldn't let shit go and saw himself as a bitter old man by the end of his life so uh, him saying like you know basically Bernhardt thought his thoughts before he had them and that that was like theft to me that was kind of the key to uh, that made me have a bit of a tone shift at least in the reading of it as not a deadly serious like earnest screed fully I think I think Gaddis is was for sure an embittered person who just saw like cultural degradation in his life. And that's all very real. But I think he saw himself as a slightly tragic comical figure. And so I think there's a bit of humor in the book. I would say um, that, that I'll just say this, that, that would, uh, and again, this is why it's helpful to have someone who's read his other works here for that context to kind of get a, get a better sense of him as a person and his approach, because, and I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I meant to uh, before, but like get your Gattis himself had, 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 undertaken the same project as the person who's depicted in this novel right like this huge sweeping social history of the player piano in for instance sorry as a thing. and then he never finished it yeah for for instance in jr there is another writer trying to write the social history this of the book, player piano right, yeah, and yeah, can't yeah. and can't do it back then like he'd right. been working on it for like 30 plus years right and so i will say that it, you know with that context reading it as a, as a sort of like self, self crit. Yeah. <laughs> it, like a self own kind of, yeah. Um, that would, I think, change my evaluation somewhat. Um, I, like I said, I, it doesn't save it, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it, but it, 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 it would be, it would be a, a shift in my thinking at least. I, I was, I was thinking that like, okay, maybe if it's trying to be ironic here and I was trying to find that throughout the novel and I couldn't. So for me, the joke, if that is what he's intending, that joke falls flat for me because if I have to know the history of Gaddis, his previous works, and all this stuff just to realize it's a joke, it's like maybe you should have did it more poking fun at yourself within the novel itself than like letting it all be like meta stuff on the outside. Because if you if you read it without that, there's no way you'd glean any of that from this novel. So I was, and, I was looking for that. The whole time. And, and also, yeah. you know, also like it, it's inevitably the question comes up like and i don't know the circumstances around this manuscripts uh discovery and like the context right like anytime something is published posthumously you have to ask questions about like did they want this published at all Mm -hmm. or like did they consider it finished uh etc etc right and i don't know any of that context um maybe you do i think he did okay i think he did want it published but my guess is that because of the circumstances um, it might have been a bit of like extra cash for his kids. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, which is fair. I can't blame somebody for oh, that. Oh no, of course, yeah. And I think it wasn't a probably a fun writing process for him because he just felt like probably like on death's door and just like obligatorily doing this to a certain degree. But he was also a very like obsessive guy, 
and he couldn't let go of the fact that he had failed to make something out of the player piano research he'd literally been doing for like three fucking decades right so i, I think it's like a little bit from which as an, a, as, a, as an academic myself like that would suck <laughs> ass yeah. Right? yeah like you've been also, you've been like working on this project for 30 years and it just kind of fizzles out woof and then also the player piano is not relevant in this day and age at all. And it never took over piano players. So. Yeah, right. No, I know. But, uh, well, really, but I, think, I think this is an interesting sort of point, though, uh, that raises... Well, okay, I'll, I want to come back to that in a second. I want to put that point that Ben just made to the side for two seconds because because I think it's interesting. Yeah. But the other thing that I thought was interesting about this, and I think, like, t- thinking about... I do have sympathy for 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 Gaddis through this narrator Same. as someone who is uh not the kind of like uh, uh cultural critique stuff i find that to be deeply cringe and like i i i, I kind of just like disagree uh fundamentally uh, on a on a mm-hmm. sort of like political socio-cultural level uh and that's a that, that's a deeper conversation that maybe we can have later or in the patreon or or whatever um it's like just, just like just read Baudrillard. You know, Baudrillard simulacrum and simulation was already out. Uh, I think that came out in like '88, so before Gaddis was even dead. Um, Gaddis anyway. also made a better argument in this vein in the Recognitions, in my opinion. Okay, oh. uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but the other thing that kind that's of like- tipped me tipped me off to um, maybe there's some element of kind of self satire or something going on here is in the last kind of four or five pages or whatever, um, there's this moment where, and I, I forget the exact context, but he basically, he says like, um, and I think that this is uh, also like maybe a reference to um, Bernhard, like you were saying that, like he talks a lot about like plagiarism and 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 he, he uses the term plagiary here instead of plagiarism, which I had never heard before. I, that was I interesting. Think it's real, but yeah. But anyway, he says, um, this is on page 90. The whole thing is like 80, like 95 pages uh, in my edition. It's very short. It's all like, it's like a kind of plagiary, like Gottschalk composing his barroom player piano music 50 years before the player was invented. Like my own ideas being stolen before I even had them. That's what you were referencing with Baron, yeah, yeah. I think, right? Since I'm clearly the one person qualified for a piece of work like this one. First, because I can't read music and can't play anything but a comb. Second, because I only use secondhand material, which any court would dismiss as hearsay, so we can reduce it to gossip like everything else. And finally, finally, I don't really believe any of it. And I, yeah. I, I read that line, and I was like, that's really an interesting bit to put in there. Um, yes. Why? What, what, you know, what is he, what is he saying there, right? Is that kind of, you know, signaling this self-satire piece that you were referencing, Matt? That would be my read of it. But I think like any sort of ironist, he is couching genuine sentiments. He's just he's just a tired person now and he's dying, yeah. you know, and it's like it doesn't matter. But I'm still kind of mad about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like I, I agree with you, Gabe. I think the fundamental critique of culture, I, I liken this one to reading the air conditioned nightmare. In that a was, lot of ways. That was, that was my other uh the it's a henry miller uh novel then that we read or it's no, not a novel it's I, I don't think it's even pitched as a novel it's just like him kind of like it's a non-fiction it's him travelogue traveling thing. yeah it's a travelogue basically um and, and he's and he, air conditioner huh what's that 
he's against the air conditioner. It's not about the it's not about air conditioner specifically, but it's it's a, it's a similar sort of thing because you know Henry Miller when he wrote that text had just kind of come back from Europe, um, and was back in America. I forget when that came out. Sixties, uh, uh, late fifties, early sixties, late fifties, I, I think. Yeah, um, and he was just critiquing kind of mass produced uh, urban sprawl American culture, but 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 from a very you know that college kid who goes uh, on a semester abroad and then comes back and like knows three phrases in French and thinks they're the smartest person in the world, you know? Um, I haven't met them, but I know the stereotype you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it, it was basically like that extended to like 350 pages and written Oof. by Henry Miller. Right. Who, again, like Gaddis for me, is somebody who's written beautifully and well. Like I, that's deeply, why, deeply that's disappointing why, that's me. That's why I hated that one so much is because I love yeah. Henry Miller. Because the bitterness like overtakes, you know, the the kind of like nuance that would be required to actually do something like he was doing well or worthwhile to read. And then, yeah, this isn't it quite kinda, that, but yeah. It kind of goes to my thing I've had before where I th I think like, no, it's a bit different, but I think you can critique other cultures and other nations in literature, but like you have to have a kind of a, a love and an understanding for that like you know I, I went to malawi last year and um I, I actually liked malawi it was a cool place but there was a lot of ills and wrongs with that country as well mainly from the government so like because when you just come from a place of hatred then the criticism and just seems really shallow everything just seems su surface level but yeah it's kind of like if you think about it, like if you're critiquing a friend um if you critique a friend versus somebody you just don't like you could your friend because you're kind of saying like, hey, man, I know you can be better. I see like the good stuff in you and everything. So when yeah. you don't see the good stuff in like the current culture and you just continue and saying it's all shit, like it's all shit. It's like, OK, well, cool. Right. <laughs> like, what, what is it like? This doesn't do anything. If it's all shit, then like, we're just like nuclear bomb ourselves. Like, there's nothing. It's just it's just too shallow of an interpretation. Yeah. Your, and I, your I, mind I, is I made hope to. I hope yeah. to. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Matt. What did you say? I was just say your mind is made up preemptively. Yeah. You know the point you're going to make. It it always ruins your ability to uh, discern a point. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I I I I want to be clear, at least from my perspective, um, that's where I'm coming from with this book. I I I fully believe and and for all intents and purposes, know that that Gaddis did and can do better than what this is, uh, and I intend to read it. Uh, at some point um but uh this is poop this was kind of poopy um, <laughs> <laughs> so 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 i suppose like uh in the in the in the absence of like a plot or characters to really analyze maybe we maybe we just have to get into the the substance here of the point he's attempting to make right um like you know huh I, I can say stuff, but I might go on a little bit of a long autistic rant about the piano roll stuff. Okay, well, no, that that's great because uh, I mean, there's a lot here, uh, and and if you're if you are, uh, we're gonna have to when we get to the, I, I think we have to save this for the Patreon segment, but we are gonna have to talk about the uh, the the uh, the tactical N word drop. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that Gaddis does uh, in, in the middle. Oh, of he does the text. The, when yeah. he does AAVE. Yes. Uh, yes okay yeah. uh so maybe we'll save that for the patreon uh segment but um I found what do you 
what do you make of his actual kind of argument here, such as it is, right? So Ben, you, you and the reason I'm coming back to this is because you brought up the point that like the player piano as this kind of uh, Gaddis or the narrator or both sort of see the player piano as this kind of harbinger of, uh, you know, cultural degradation through the automation and kind of like um, mechanical reproduction of art uh, and therefore an, a sort of attendant loss of authenticity, right? But as you, I think, correctly point out, um, it's not as if people don't fucking play piano anymore, right? Nope. Like no one's going to concert halls to see uh, player pianos just play music. Um, <laughs> and it's also the thing of like um, sampling nowadays. Maybe you can say like, whoa, now we do programming, sampling and all that. And my thing, one, it depends on the, the, the type of music you're doing. Like um, there was even a person who was a, who did, I forget his name, but he did, he made player piano rolls and he made it so that they were inhumanly, they were impossible to play. Mm. And they did all these complex chords changes and they complex rhythms. And like it was like are, too fast or something or like the, fast, the human hand too, like, couldn't move you'd that have far. To have like 30, you'd have to have like 32 fingers enabled. Right, 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 right. Faster right. Any human. And I think those. Um, that's fucking cool. Um, that's fucking cool. Yeah. And like, you know, there is stuff programmed out there that I, I don't like where it's like, you could just play the instrument here. Um, but, and I, you know, I hold a lot of value to being able to, for musicians to be able to play their instrument. I don't, he said that the audience should, like anybody can play, like, dude, shut up. But like, <laughs> like, you know, when, when I go like, um, like Rings of Saturn, for example, like they play, can play their instruments, but they do a lot of overlays to hide the mistakes. Or like the whole drama with the Instagram guitarist, um, making it seem like they're playing one live take, but they're, they're actually playing over like, um, pre-programmed, pre-processed music. The Milli Vanilli yeah. effect. Yeah, except right. now it's, it's more complicated because like they can actually yeah. play, but they do like that 20% bump. So yeah. there's, there's some part of me where I agree with Gaddis. I do value it. Um, I, I do value like the actual authenticity of being able to play it. But the problem is we were talking about the player piano. We're, we're talking about people doing it in their home so they can listen back to music. It wasn't artists. It wasn't like people going to a concert and literally listening to a player piano on stage. And it's like, when you're at home, it's like, bro, I'm not going to expect somebody, the average Joe, to, like, pick up an instrument and learn it. Like, you know, yeah, just put on a CD or put on a player piano, put on something you can listen back to it. So for me, the argument falls in depth is if you would have just kept it to something where musicians were using the player piano to fake their concerts and stuff like that, I would agree with him a lot more. But that was never the case with the player piano. And also, again, the player piano, much like with programming, if you just program something straight, you kind of have to human it up a little bit because you you'll sound super fake. Um, the player piano didn't allow for it, and it, like he says, oh, they can do all several, several trees, like all all the stuff with the musicians, like the like the slowing down the playing, the dynamics. The player piano was never able to do that, as far as, far as I know. The piano piano, when you listen to it, it always sounds a lot more mechanical to mm -hmm. a, to another piano player. And I think there's something like if you're faking music, if you're programming or stuff like that. As long as you're upfront about it, it's just another different form of musical expression. And I used to be yeah. a lot more on the other side about that, a curmudgeon, but I've I've softened on it. <laughs> yeah, he would have much more of a case with like AI now. Yes, yeah. that's that was my other first thought. You know, because at least with, but, with with music, it's it's um, you know, the one that's not really talked about. I feel like as much in the whole like. GPT art visual art discourse is music's moved a long way 
in mm-hmm. AI too. And now you you can get like dynamics and and you know variations on whatever. Well, but, there was the on Twitter a few like a, mo- a couple mo- a month ago or a month and a half ago or whatever. There was that AI generated Kanye song that was going around that everybody. Yeah, really the, good. yeah, yeah. they do yeah. the vocal stuff now. Yeah, yeah. And the, and and did we did we talk about Grimes on the uh, when did we talk about that, Matt? On the Dark Souls video, maybe that yeah. Up? But anyway, maybe we just talked about it, or maybe I talked about it in when I was teaching the other day. I don't remember. But anyway. Her whole thing with like, uh, you know, the revenue split, right? If someone uses her voice and makes money off an AI song, she'll split the money. I think that's interesting, you know? Yeah, I would do that because then you have a bunch of stuff being made. You just get paid onto the residuals for yourself. Yeah. Um, and then, from a business standpoint, yeah. Yeah, from a business standpoint, artistic standpoint, I'd be like, no, you're going to put my shit in stupid stuff. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I don't yeah. trust any of you. Right. <laughs> it's it's going to be a t- bunch of tactical in-bombs the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but um, on, on the other side of that, too, um, you guys are aware of Polyphia as well, right? No. Polyphia's? Yeah, Polyphia, the band? No. Nope. Oh, it's um, Tim Henson? Oh, Sorry. He's like the, he's like the best one of the best guitar players out there right now mm. on a song playing god i didn't like that band for a while but they're really good now this song playing god he kind of uses a form of ai to like for writing for like the the beginning of the song he used an omni chord and then he put it in an arpeggiator yeah. and then like broke it up to make something musical and then he put the same he put the chords um in an arpeggiator and used it for the outro and they actually play that on the guitar they don't play the straight arpeggiator Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just one of those things like there, there's a there's a lazy way to use um, programming and like AI and everything. I think there's like a really intuitive way to use it as well that can actually push your music. So I think it just to say everything is bad, like, well, that's like saying, well, Microsoft Word is bad. It was better when we had to retype six manuscripts of a book on on typewriters and make five errors on a page after we do it. It's like, yeah. it, it all depends. Well, this is this is what I'm thinking. This is why like, the argument itself feels like it just it falls flat for me as somebody living in a way more like if you were in Gaddis's mindset like a way more doomsday scenario like the actual like replication of that human touch to some degree and like i agree with you i think my problem now with like ai doomers and people who've given up on uh art like actual, <laughs> like actual paul like actually like paul. like like paul <laughs> like literally literally switched careers uh yeah. on a dime because of ai i think those people are committing the same kind of are, have a lack of imagination and a kind of ooh matt's fighting with paul i am gonna fight with Spike him because, drama. because i need oh, i want him to books. i no. want him to paint some Star more Trek. Oh God, yeah, we'll just pile on. Um, It's that same, what I feel to be like lack of nuance that I was talking about with Henry Miller, what I think is happening here. Like, it's not just a, like you said, like everything is destroyed. Yeah, no. uh, Situation. It's like application. It's the fact that, you know, like you said, no one's going to see a player piano. You know, people, I, I, I play, I play a lot of synths and stuff and it's like, there's, there's things that like, they've been around forever, like generative music and Brian, Eno and like this kind of like, like yeah, people, oh, were doing, you, people were doing auto poetry in the sixties. 
you know like this yeah. is a, like avant-garde poetry they were doing like kind of randomized auto-generated poetry back then and some of that stuff you can get really cool stuff out of that sometimes for sure of course yeah. like even the polyphia polyphenia or whatever you're saying the like polyphia, <laughs> polyphia they they you know they they played an, an omnichord into an arpeggiator and then translated that to guitar like that's that's still a creative yeah. act as far as i'm oh, concerned yeah. like i don't know you're saying there was some sort of like a, a controversy around that it's like uh, oh there uh, wasn't but i'm just saying like that's probably that's a good example on the other side that i don't think the doom was talk about and also what I think people miss is that we're humans. Like, let me let me ask you guys something. Would you rather have um, a wallet manufactured in a factory or a handmade wallet by an artist? Artisan? Uh, I don't care. You know, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but I guess maybe that's the wrong thing. Um, but I guess my point is that even in the age of like heavy manufacturing and like um, manufacturers all over different countries and everything, um, people, there's still a value to handmade stuff. People still admire sure. that. And, and 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 again, like I, I I do think like it depends on the example, right? It depends on what we're talking about, right? Like when yes. do we when when does the human element matter, right? So so you know, um, like I, I use this example with my students sometimes, right? Like if you uh, if you were in a if you had a crush on somebody, if you were in a relationship, right? And um, and you one day you wake up and there's a love letter uh, in your mailbox and you read it and it's beautiful and you, and you cry and you think it's the, the, uh, the most touching, like cool thing that anyone's ever done for you. Uh, and then you find out it was it was written by an A.I. Right. That would be a, a huge bummer. That would suck and be <laughs> bad. Right. Yeah. Um, like that's an example where like the human element like really matters. Right. Um, but. Like personally, kind of like the wallet thing. Like me personally, uh, economic considerations and like jobs and and you know like writers and and all that stuff kind of aside, I personally don't give a shit if the next like Marvel movie is completely AI generated. I don't really give a shit, right? If it's cool mm. and there's fun action and like sick like uh, flips, like that's fine. Like I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know, you know what if I mean? They're, if they're punching really hard, yeah. If they're punching care. super hard and there's cool stuff, like that's cool. <laughs> if it's totally AI, I, from an artistic standpoint, I there's nothing that I could possibly care less about. Um, but you know, if 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 we're talking about like uh, I don't know, like some other type of art or some other type of expression, I think it, it might matter a little more, right? That 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 human element is there. So I think it's very context dependent. I can I I agree with you completely on that. I think that's one of the things I thought were when I saw AIR made this a little cool, but it's like, all right, well, get better. Because in some ways what AR allows people to do now, it's like it's like, hey, if all the jobs for like basic stuff like advertisement or logo designing is, is gonna be taken over, this actually creates more room for artists just to like get more in their bag and do something that's more artist more artistically meaningful for them. So because I agree with you, like the, if the next Marvel movie is AI generated. So like if YouTube videos are like AI edited now, it's like, who cares? This, this is not high art. But like right. if you, but now it's like, um, I, yeah, I think we have problems with AI, art, AI stuff when it starts getting into, like you said, the love letter is a great example when it's able to replicate the human spectrum that well. But I don't think it is. And even if it is, people are still going to value like handmade art stuff by, by, by people and everything like that. Yeah, I, also, I don't think that's ever going away. No, and also we're in the age of green screen. So like people complain about Star Wars, the 
the prequels, and I I did this as well being mostly CGI. Well, that's a lot of movies now. It just again, it just depends on how you go about it. So yeah, the Doom arguments are just they're, they're just kind of boring after like a few seconds. Yeah, and I I feel like that's kind of where this book uh, starts to feel extra dated is that like these debates and discussions have even in the last year with the AI stuff been been happening and have been developed uh, with a lot of uh, nuance in a way that like obviously you know you can't blame Gaddis for not predicting that this would happen or, 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 or engaging with it right but it's just like what what is this what 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 are you saying that's uh, of relevance today right yeah people just saying motherfucking cocksucker in the streets now right yeah right yeah and he, they're cussing that oh my god they're cussing yeah they're cussing that, that scene in the book was funny. like they don't sound like like Tolstoy it's like you know they don't people don't sound like um like dialogue in a book that took years to write yeah okay buddy yeah yeah <laughs> it is it, it it's and I, I mean, I would say the, my my least favorite part of the book is where it come where the the kind of like individual bitterness starts to come out, right? Like we can talk about cultural critique and all that, but but then he also there's also these moments of like individual bitterness where he talks about he's mad because his books are are one of the one of the dead white guys on the shelf and they're not on university campus curriculum they're not on the college english curriculums and he does the he does the edgy booktuber thing about complaining about the nobel prize committee and why hasn't pinchin won yet oh it's yeah just so fucking whiny and annoying oh my can i say two things sorry man i'm yeah. talking over you but go um, ahead go ahead um yeah one with the poll once i found that the nobel prize was kind of bullshit I didn't get mad about the Nobel Prize. I just stopped caring about the prize itself. I'm like, okay, who cares? It's like the Academy Awards. Like, I don't care anymore. Um, and two, um, this is why I don't like Solenoid because the whole book is about a teacher who's really mad that people didn't appreciate his poem mm-hmm. in high in like college, and <laughs> like he's and he's a failed writer. And I'm just no. like, and, that, that and sounds awful. I, that, it sounds like something I don't want to read. It, it, Solenoid, when I when I read this book. Um, the Gaddis one, it made me realize why I haven't been reading as much lately. Mm. Because I just come up to these books where just kind of like holding like holding these like novels, like if Jesus came down from the earth and like blessed them and everything, and like God wrote them himself. I was like, dude, come! I love these novels, but calm the fuck down. <laughs> and like everything else is bullshit. Like I'm so tired of that attitude. Yeah, I like agree. The pearl, pearls, pearls before swine sort of like uh the unwashed masses are never and that but that's been an old sentiment too like yeah for for like i don't know the the, the degradation thing the fucking like degenerate or degeneration of the sensibilities of the of the masses has been slowly occurring there's like on some very like socio uh anthropological level like i kind of I can I can hear an argument for that, but like the thing is, like Gaddis read Walter Benjamin, right? Like he he heard a rigorous and well made argument and kind of like laying out of that process and like what it really means with nuance, and so he knows he doesn't have he knows he can't do that. <laughs> like that already happened, 
And so what feels kind of shitty about this book is that it's a guy who's just trying to get one last barb in on his way out the door. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is is that like a valuable, like your other novels are of value, I would say to get. It's like, cool. and I think the, cause he, he's, he wrote, you know, he's, I don't like the term, but like the quote unquote systems novelists like him and Pynchon or whatever, um, where he writes, you know, maybe a thousand pages on something he's meticulously like learned inside and out and like delved into and like, you know, frolic of his own, like the, the amount of ungodly annoying research into the legal system and speaking <laughs> like a lawyer uh, is effective. Like it's super effective. It's like manipian satire. Like you are it so much that it's hilarious. And then uh, it feels like a man who's like, yeah, like Gabe was saying, when when it gets to these these little flare ups of like just personal grievance, yeah, about his lack of status, and it's like, um, I don't know, it it, it like lessens the thing, like, yeah, I, I, it's just strange to me, like, what, why, what, what would be the value of this, right? What would be I the point like, in reading this? And and I and I feel like, um, like. This is just like a speaking of personal grievances, like this is one one of mine with the whole Ben Benjamin thing. Uh and I Me? know, you know, I this is my yeah. I know people say Ben you mean, and I just refuse to not yeah, you Ben. I didn't mean to be pompous, but no, yeah. no, 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 whatever. It's probably correct, but I I was trained to say ben, Walter Benjamin, so 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 anyway. It's fine. I did everything right in in <laughs> story of my life dude yeah but 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 so so like it, the 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 reading or like it's almost like a weird it's like a weird contradiction because like he's he's just trying to like uh reproduce ironically benjamin's point in that essay uh just kind of like he this is it's it's like it's like th th this whole book is like ventriloquism it's like it's putting Gaddis's fist up the faces of these smarter people who've said more interesting things about these topics and like putting, trying to put his own spin on it. My, my specific beef, it's harsh. I'm sure Gaddis was very smart, but the whole point of Benjamin's essay was the, the economic and political implications, right? right that right. mechanistic reproduction of art wasn't bad because it made people stupid it was bad because it lended itself for, to towards fascistic political ends right and that and that's what the, ai that's the real scary thing about ai now and, and this is you can read benjamin's article and agree with it or disagree with that point but this is the context that he was writing in right this was written during nazi regime nazi regime in germany he went tried to escape uh committed suicide when he was caught or when he was about to be caught also left, by the way, an unfinished uh, uh, sort of masterpiece, the Arcades Project, which was about essentially malls in France, right? Those indoor Ooh. sort of the yeah. indoor, uh, you know, they were called, they called them arcades with the shops and the flaneurs were walking around and all that stuff. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but but his point was that the, the uh, you know, capitalism and the sort of public-private sphere distinction, uh, that's what's driving this, this problem with art. Not that people are, are stupid and want easy things, 
which is like where Gaddis is seeming to t- seeming to want to take it, which to me, it's the beef I'm trying to articulate here is that it's a shallow reading of the people that he's citing here, even. Right. Uh, and and so it's not just that he's name dropping, he's name dropping and the reading is bad, which which have bugs you, me. Have you ever listened to like a Milo Lanapolis speech or anything like that? Who? I mean, not since not oh, since Milo? 2016, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's I remember listening to one. I I started looking up his sources when he was quoting like Pinkerton and like, man, he's getting this stuff wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh, I had a joke in my I forgot to say at the beginning where this this feels like the book um Ben Shapiro and Jordan, and Jordan Peterson would wink off to at night <laughs> instead of Playboys. <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people that are like respected too would would fall prey to this. Like yeah. Gabe, you were saying it was kind of like the uh, a Twitter thread by somebody with like a Greco-Roman statue PFP. Yeah, that's like, what it felt like. like. Yeah. Sawgun of a card kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, totally. The, anytime you start hearing like Western decline or like uh, decadence or like um, especially degenerate, right, which definitely has like a nice uh, – nice association with with the nazis um right it's it's kind of a tip off to probably a, flag, a, a narrow view of a narrow view of what's going on like the the thing that we we said about the air conditioned nightmare by miller was that what's annoying about it is that he's not a he he, do, he doesn't have the the nuance to see not in like a pollyanna way but like the creative potential yes. of some of these developments historically but then b these people aren't imaginative enough about how bad things are in reality. Like the, the negative, the negatives they don't have an imagination for, it's just bad, but it's actually worse than they think while also being, having these, like creating a new space for creativity that they also can't imagine. I I know because I think I can't think of one now, but there's been times where like I've listened to this online arguments and it's like, fuck man, like I agree with you on this. But I don't agree with your reasoning. How you got there was stupid. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Like you yeah. can get in the door with like shit's bad because I don't know many smart people who don't believe that that's true. Right. Right. Oh. Right. But but it's that it's the expansion of that idea that always distinguishes between someone who's just like a fucking dickhead idiot and someone who's actually thinking about the problems well. Right. Well, I think a good example. Like again, you have to nail it down. You kind of have to look at the instruments as net neutral sometimes. But like again, again, like social media does absolutely have some problems like we're not going to say society's perfect right now and like you know when would we ever yeah exactly and like you know one problem with social media is like it probably um isolates us a bit more and it puts um, a bunch of like um um unrealistic body and like living expectations on people 100 percent. yeah so we can Mm -hmm. we can agree like with some stuff like yeah there's some bad stuff going out there but just to say social media is bad you don't really get to the core of the argument there Right, exactly. It's like it's like um yeah one of one of the, one of the rare occasions that I find myself in terms of a, a policy agreeing with like Marjorie Taylor Greene is like <laughs> ban TikTok. I actually agree with her about banning TikTok, but for but but for completely different reasons than like someone like her would articulate. Right? It's not because it's a Chinese spy program. Uh, it's because it's literally like melting our children's brains out of their fucking ears, right? Um, That's going to be my most boomer take. I probably wouldn't let my kids have internet till at least five years old. That's, yeah. It's a fine, humane move. Good, it's a good move. It's it's supported by all of our best research on child development and education. 
Uh, I, I thought there was more up in the air about that, but even so, like, I know they were saying this about TV, they were saying about Big Ben, all this stuff, but TikTok, just that short attention span thing, it, it's like, man, hey, it might not be, might not be nothing wrong for kids to have it, but I'm not going to fucking risk it. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and they, and I may have, I may have said this at some point already in something recorded for the show, but what I found out recently about TikTok is now it's not just the, the TikTok. They have they have they have added the a fucking additional video of like you know ambient. You were talking about this matter. You said this on on when we were talking to <laughs> someone like a like, like ambient like Call of Duty gameplay or or there's another video under the TikTok now because oh, they can't just yeah. they can't just pay attention to one 10 second clip. There has to be two playing at the same fucking time. There, there was a funny meme where there, it was like um it was I forget the I forget the uh, comedians. It was like. It's like um Gen Z is getting fired. Like, hey man, you're fired. Like, what? Pulls out a video of like of a of a guy playing this railroad game. It's like you're fired. Oh, dang. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the only way you recognize it with the video playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The like uh, CS:GO like knife flipping railroad game yeah. that like Leafy yeah. plays yeah. while he, yeah, right, but Leafy. Then, but, oh god. The, oh, I don't know why people defend him. Um, but like not defending him, just bringing him up. Just oh no! I'm not saying you were, but like, I've heard other people like, "Oh, they banned Leafy." He's like, everything I heard about this guy, he's a giant asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> like but yeah, um, but again, like, it, but that's the double sided. That's why, like, saying, "Oh, well, internet's bad." There you go. Well, no, because if if we didn't have the internet, Gaddis would be a dead white guy on the shelf. But because we have internet now, there's a group of people in a Instagram scene really pushing his novels. When those novels got the reprints. It probably wouldn't have sold as much as it did if it wasn't for the internet and yeah. people doing videos on that and us, us doing podcasts on stuff like that. So right. it's it's like blaming the tool itself is kind of stupid. You have to you have to get into the specifics of it. Well, I do. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll play devil's advocate in that I do think in a, on a McLuhan tip that like I agree with the media ecology sort of take that like the medium is the message the like There's whatever. Like, you know, that we kind of uh, become our perceptions, our metaphors and our sort of general like interaction is kind of uh, shaped a bit by like whatever you want to call it, the UI of our daily lives. Like that's how we like start to see each situation like through that kind of like HUD. <laughs> you Paul, know what I mean? Paul, UX. UX, yeah. Um, so I kind of get it. But yeah, it's just more like like you said. It, it feels like with this Gaddis book, uh, he tries to play it off humorously with this guy who's like hawked on fucking prednisone and uh, oh, the prednisone comes up often. Yeah, and, and, and which is again something in concrete that he steals. Um, and how that like disrupts your ability to think linearly or for durations as like a reason to do something that it sounds like he may have wanted to do anyway, which is just kind of make a character that's thinly veiled as not himself, but has every likeness to him. Just doing what you're talking about. These kind of like uh, these last minute gestures from like a sort of the last synaptical firings of a dying man who's right. very mad. Right. Oh, and it just doesn't make for like a great compelling read. Yeah, like Baron Baronhart is mesmerizing. I think I love, I love Baronhart. 
you know, he keeps you like locked into his never ending sentence and his bitterness feels artistically valid and relevant to what he's describing. Somehow this didn't translate. And if it's like a sort of mimicry or an homage, it's it's a poor one. And the other thing Actually, about would... the other thing that's interesting about Bernhardt and then sorry, ben, but, but just like very, very briefly, the other thing about Bernhardt's social critique is that it's like very um focused it's very specific like laser focused to, to yeah. like austria to like his <laughs> specific time and place and 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 government right like he he's he it's not just this generalized like like ben was kind of saying like things bad now like <laughs> okay dude like cool like uh yeah that's nice man go go take a nap when I read Concrete, for some reason, it didn't capture me that much. I haven't read Concrete, was... to be fair. I've only read oh, okay. a, a couple others. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it was a bad novel, but for me, I just didn't get too much out of it. And I, I don't feel like my review was the best on. I feel like I was just saying, like, oh, Concrete. This is good. And I was like, yo, I got to stop reviewing views, doing books reviews this quickly. <laughs> but, like, um, <laughs> yeah, so that feel, never feel, great. Yeah, so maybe I should um read another Bernhardt book, but Oh, I speaking of what you were saying, Matt, in terms of like the, the joking in this, I have a real life example right now <laughs> that's terminally online. So sure. like you know, you know the whole submarine crash and everything. Yep. F, like F Hassan, in the chat. Yeah. Since Hassan Pike was um Hassan was making Hassan Pike was making fun of him mm -hmm. of the submarine theft. And like we you know what I'm just saying is like, listen, now you're saying these are jokes for these billionaires dying, but that's not a joke because you actually want billionaires to die. <laughs> he and, means it. Yeah, he means it. And that's what kind of it felt like with Gad. It's like, oh, you know, I'm just being ironic here. But even, even though I personally didn't feel that, but it's like, but it feels like you mean everything you're saying. <laughs> yeah, this is the this is the irony discourse that we have also had now since like 2015, right? Like the meta yep. irony and, and discussing how many layers of irony are you on, bro? Just go watch J-Rag. Yeah, J-Rag or whatever. Perfect. Um so it's also that, right? Like he's, he's, this is why it feels like a Twitter thread. It's like, he's utilizing things that we've now come to recognize through social media, which makes the reading of it feel kind of comical, yeah. not in the ways he intended. It's like, yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, like, yeah. yeah. That, that's the biggest irony of all. We're like, if he would just, if he was somehow like born like 20 years later and lived to like 2002 or like 2010 YouTube and he put these same ideas, he'd be a lot more relevant. That's relevant. <laughs> so that, that's the biggest irony. And yeah, that sucks. <laughs> um, I just, just two like minor things. Like, like one, I, I, I want to, um, I want to, give one more qual qualified kind of defense not a defense but just a moment that i felt sympathy for for gaddis and where he was at mentally at this point right when he's writing this you know at mm -hmm. the end sort of like around where i was talking about where he kind of makes this point about like i don't know i don't really even believe any of this right he right. also starts um focusing in on this uh i believe it's a michelangelo uh quote or or some some right or it's this old this whole piece about it's this old Italian the proverb poem? or yeah it's Michelangelo right he, he talks about he started talking about uh, translation 
And there's this refrain about like, uh, I, I think the phrase is, and of course I didn't highlight it or mark the page, but it's like the 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 self who could do better, right? Like the yeah. the the person who the person that I could have been that who could have been better, right? Yes. Um, and he kind of like the book concludes with this meditation on like, uh, him sort of thinking about his own kind of like youth right and like missing the the sort of potential right um yes. it's always a scary aspect yeah a hundred percent that's also something I'll, I'll always play with me but am i not living up to my full potential absolutely yeah it's called um, fomo now trash right? <laughs> yeah, exactly um and i feel like you know that that definitely hit for me when thinking about him and his kind of like failed failed magnum opus or maybe what he i don't know if he considered it that right like this p player piano project or what, what whatever he was working on at the time um and also probably like him thinking about where he's wound up just like attitudinally right like because right. you know like i i'm mad and bitter and old but i wish i wasn't right like the, the, yeah. we can we can hold both of those things at the same time i think um and so that 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 I think uh, was a was a it was a good way to end the book, um, and that hit home for me and and sort of made me feel some uh, some uh, empathy for the for the man. Yeah, is there a good uh, text to read? We haven't really read much. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't highlight oh, nothing. Read the Inwood passage. No, yeah, that's the, I'll read that. No, I'll read that from my chest. Do not. I can you read. Cannot, don't bet. You can't bait us. Uh, let's see well, here. I mean, just like the last, uh, like really, like the last page and a half here, I think, right? Like, um, the, the, like just like the last, like that was youth with his reckless exuberance. Yeah, part, or, or, or like, yeah, go back like, further. No, I think that's good. Yeah, read that. Read that last few lines. Okay, that was youth, youth with its re reckless exuberance when all things were possible, pursued by age, where we are now. Looking back at what we destroyed, what we tore away from that self who could do more, and it's work that's become my enemy because that's what I can tell you about, that youth who could do anything. And that, yeah. that, that hits. Like, that's good, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, huh? I, I faded out, my bad. <laughs> oh, no, no. And, yeah, I just feel like... Like a Hail Mary, like, kind of hopeful like point to end it on feels like him attempting to kind of curb some of this bile that he's been spewing about you know people becoming dumb and not knowing what's what's good right in front of them and and becoming sort of part of a mechanized faux democracy that's just going to create a bunch of honk people and yeah. then eventually he, he he seems like he's trying to like rein it in the last second um with yeah i oh. think a very beautiful sentiment so speaking of hog, when are we going to do that for the podcast? The listeners want to know. Hey, okay, here, Ben, I'll make a deal with you. Yeah. How about this? This is a this is a tidbit for the listeners. We'll do we'll do we'll do hog if you get Delaney himself to come on for it. How about that? That's not going to happen. <laughs> come on, come on, but bro. Delaney might make an appearance in my next video. Well, wait. So uh, why wouldn't he come on the show? Oh, he's getting older. He doesn't, he doesn't like to do like interviews anymore or anything like that. It's not, it won't be an interview. It'll just be, or wait, what about this? How about this? 
maybe he would like this more. We'll do an episode on Hog, and then he can come on to talk about a totally different book that he didn't write. How about that? Uh, yeah, I don't think he would like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to just keep the line away from you guys, but like, um, <laughs> it, it, but like, like he, like he even told me like he's just not doing interviews, any, like any, any, any stuff like that because um, stuff I'll tell you guys in private and stuff like that. All right, fine, fine. Yeah, it was a long shot. I thought it was worth it, but I would like we'll to. leave an 80 year old man alone. But yeah. Uh, I also, <laughs> I also want to, um, and Matt, you and I talked about this a little bit. We have different editions. I have the Viking, the Viking edition. Uh, Matt, you have the Penguin. I don't know what you had, Ben. I think I had the Penguin. There's um, only twenty-five ben- pages because on Wikipedia it says there's one twenty-five, which is weird because the page is already pretty short. Mine was, uh, mine was, I think under a hundred. Yeah, mine was ninety, ninety-six pages. Same. The actual yeah. text is 96 pages. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I don't know about y'all, but um my the, mine has an afterword by a guy named Thank Joseph, you. Joseph Tabi. And I just want to shout yep. him out uh for trying really hard to make this book seem good and smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also had two forwards on my two forwards. Same thing. Some people trying to sort of be like. I liked the first forward because it was kind of like, you know, look, guys, I know this is incoherent. <laughs> That's not the project that Gaddis undertook here. And so we can all know, we all know, like, these intellectuals he's citing fleshed out things that he was hoping to voice and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, a lot of a lot of work going into that. And, and in fairness. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. <laughs> It's like, it's like, hey, do you want to write a forward for Gaddis? You're probably not going to say no. If, if Pynchon came out with a really shit 100-page book about how he hates liberalism. You still want your name on it. Yeah, it's like, hey, Ben, do you want to write an introduction? Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for <so> sure. <laughs> but it, it's funny because even even in the afterword, you know, the the Tabby or, or Tabby, Joseph Tabby afterward, he can't help but be like, all of this was already done better by other people. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, he references like McLuhan and like Lewis Mumford uh, and like uh, this book. I, I don't know this, this literary criticism book, Hugh Kenner's The Counterfeiters. I, I've never heard of that one before, but um, it's funny. Oh. Like even in the, even in the like post hoc justification, it's like, yeah, you'd probably be better off just reading this other stuff. Okay. I think that's why I was so mad at this book because I, I want to be softer too because, like you know, he was seventy-five. He was dying. He, sure. Like you said, his magnum opus didn't make that get anybody better. Hundred percent. I think what makes me mad about this book is that that's what I've been experiencing with a lot of the big Instagram books. Mm-hmm. Like Solenoid, the whole time I was reading that book, I was like, I've seen this done better, in yeah. so many other books. Vitz, the same thing. Like, yeah, the language is beautiful, but like, I've seen this done better, and it, and like, especially when you read a really big book. That, and that everybody's praising, but you've just seen it done better so many different times. It's like that—that's really frustrating. And also, it's one of those things where, like, you could talk about the same ideas, but just talk about it at the same level of deaths that your your peers talked about. Like, I think was it you or Matt who said that? Where he read some of these um, literary critics or social criticism guys, but the other guy did it so much better. But it's like, no, go into it, just don't name drop it. Right. Right. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to say about the books. I mean, like, you can cite particular examples of, like, intellectuals he's referenced or, like, 
the themes he brings up Tolstoy's uh was it the Kreutzner um Kreutzner Sonata Sonata about a lot yeah Kreutzner Sonata yeah uh, who else is he bringing? Let's just na- we could probably just name drop people that he's bringing. I mean, up. literally, just open I, up a page. I mean, he talks about music. He talks about Handel. He talks about you know Plato. I'm I'm literally he he talks about Flaubert writing to shout out George Sand, who we did an episode on. Uh, that's on, right. Uh, yeah, Indiana. I mean, literally, I'm I literally opening to ra- I'm literally opening to random pages. Hegel, Weber, um, Weber, oh, huh? Huberman as well. He yeah, against nature. Actually, that would be a good that would be a good book for the for the podcast. It's true, but it's really intensive. Uh, Cliff kind of, Cliff did a video on that one. We haven't. Ta- oh, I miss Cliff. I don't watch his videos anymore, but I miss I miss Cliff. Yeah, we got to get that our guy on. We should. I want to reach out to him. I know you should. You're better at that kind of thing than me. Uh, yeah, I'll reach out to him. You're you're nicer. But it's just like I don't have like um. And again, because I, I've read the other the other books. Gabe, you may or may not like them. I'm not sure. I would yeah. say JR JR tackles a subject that would be the most interesting to you. Um But it just like I said before, I think it 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 really reads like a guy who's he's dying. He's wrung out. Yeah. <laughs> he poured he poured so many years of his life making these really like complicated long books and this is the deep, uh the deepest dives into all these subjects. And now he's just taking all of that collective work and experience in what feels like this, like deeply disappointing final word Yeah, on, on a man who yeah. has like, I don't know, just like been incisive, like been subtle, been, sympathetic in a more like generous way to the possibilities of what this means and to just end with a posthumous work that might have just been like a a, a, to get a little bit of cash for his kids and shore up his legacy to just have it be this incredibly reductive short thing um, and just kind of kind of stinks to come full circle this is the proverbial uh, dehydrated snot dripping out of his intellectual dick. And it sucks because we've all read an author who did the exact same thing, but the exact opposite side of the spectrum where he wrote a really well thought out novel that was super long while he was dying. And that was Bologna, 2666, what he was yeah. reading while he was dying. Yeah, true. I think the brothers Karazimov, he either wrote it while he was dying well he i know he died like shortly afterwards so the, i don't know the timeline on that yeah and again i'm not i'm not trying to tear list people's death saying <laughs> yo that was okay ben ben if we want some clicks that's a youtube video author death tier list, tier list yeah <laughs> it's like i'll put um gaddis and f tier. hey man just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and get it together well it just it just sucks because it's like um i i can see it because like if like one of my favorite authors came out. Like Umberto Eco came out with Numero Zero. Actually, that's a good example. Numero Zero, um, Umberto Eco's final book, it just wasn't as biting. And it was just kind of like, oh, the media's fucked up. All this is co-. That was like literally a line in the story. Like, it's like, yeah, everything's fucked up. Who cares? And it's like, you've written a lot better books about that. Yeah. But um, but I guess that one didn't piss me off as much because like I read it. And actually, there was still like a story in here. I think maybe... 
even if this book was just as bitter, if there's more narrative in here, it might have been a bit more forgiving. But there's like, it's it's literally just like I'm reading um, Gaddis's journal or it's something just right a Twitter now. Th- yeah, it's it's just a Twitter, Twitter thread. thread. Yeah, it's just and a Twitter what, thread. That's what makes it worse. Yeah. yeah. If you were allowed, if you were allowed to get out of this like drugged out old guy's head for a second, it would be a relief. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I don't I don't know the time frame in which he wrote this. I think he finally begrudgingly dropped the piano roll piano player project in a like wave of mania and and inspiration in quotes like but still like i said refusing to fully drop whatever vague notion he wanted to impart um because he died what months after this book was finished very soon i think yeah and and it sucks because he probably should have just dropped the piano roll book because again 2666 brothers karamazov and the magic mountain by renee stamal i believe Wait, not, um, not, not, not Thomas not Mann? Mann? Thomas Mann? No, um, that's a, that's another Magic Mountain Oh, it's book. a different one. Okay, I don't know. This I don't Magic know Mountain um, influenced the Jodakowsky film, The Magic, Magic Mountain. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, shit, that, okay. Yeah. Um, and it might have been a different name. I can't remember that. But, like, no, it's the same name. But, like, all three of those, the authors died. And all three of those works are incomplete. But when you read them, they, they feel finished, like, except for The Magic Mountain, but, like, the Brothers Carol Mazov and 2666 both feel like complete novels to me. Mm-hmm. So like, it probably kind of feels like if he would have just released the piano roll novel or even like whatever extract it had at the end of his life, just have somebody edit it a bit better or something, you know, it probably been looked at as a lot more favorable and I, people I, would have been more forgiving. That's I, I, and we, we, we should uh, wrap it up and move to the Patreon uh, segment in a minute here. But, but I, that was also one of my thoughts is that like, I would have been much more interested in reading his notes and and musings on the on his actual player piano project yeah. than this, yeah. uh, you know, like like because because that sounded like it might have been interesting at least, um, yeah. And this was just sad. Matt, have yeah. they ever released anything with the player piano thing or no? I'm not enough of like a, you know scholar on on him to know if that's true i mean i'm sure because okay. like they they kind of always do this with people who get retroactively recognized as like the greats like there's some lo- school library that probably has like all of his notes and errata and <laughs> oh yeah probably oh, sure marginal shit surely yeah. in the same way like wallace does you know you can go oh, see yeah. all, you can go you can go look at the stopped. like who the fuck is wallace i kept thinking gas for some reason <laughs> oh sorry yeah no, you know, like um, how, you, how you can go to the like the library and go see like literally like some copy of like a John Grisham novel in, in David Foster Wallace's bookshelf, and you can go read the like <laughs> shit he wrote. Yeah, authors can get a lot of money from that as well. Oh, for sure, donating the library. Yeah. Well, I think we uh, we wrap this up and move to the uh, the Patreon segment where uh, I, 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 that's my answer. I want to I want to talk about the title of the book a little bit, which we have not done. Yeah, Slytherin, uh, real. Oh, true. Let's finish with that. Um, yeah. Well, no, I want. We'll talk about that in the Patreon segment. We're already at, over an hour here, so okay. if you want to hear us talk about the title, um, we, we're going to talk about the title, the tactical N word, uh, and then uh, we're going to talk about some other stuff. Uh, we have and we have Discord uh, Patreon questions as we always take uh, at the end of every episode. Um, yeah, we can't really do the Harry Potter segment here. 
Uh, no. Unless we want to just talk about Gaddis as a person. But I do have a word that I did not know. There were a couple. Matt, did you have one? I was going to just do agape, but... Oh, you didn't know? Okay. So mine I mean, is... I, knew... I didn't know it. Yeah, I didn't know. Mine is uh, Mortmain. Mortmain. M-O-R-T-M-A-I-N. Like a video game? Like that you main in a fighting game? Yeah, exactly. I mean Mort. Yeah, I mean uh, Mort. <laughs> uh, no, it's the the status of lands or tenements held inalienably by an ecclesiastical or other corporation. So I guess it's like a, like if a church or a, a company, like a factory town, if they like own housing or property or or like where priests live, if it's owned by a church, maybe. Huh. Yeah. That's, that's a snapback. That's the guys yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that only leaves one thing to do, which is uh score this book on a scale of one to five. Y'all know how it goes. Mm-hmm. I get to go last because it was my pick. Dibs not. All right, Ben, ben. you have to go first. You have the honor. Oh man. I <laughs> said dibs not. I did not, so I'm sorry. That's a, that's um, the rule. That's the house that's house rules, Ben. Yeah. Where's the hang up button? But um <laughs> you know, I unfortunately I I'm gonna have to divorce it from what he was experiencing at the end of life, and I do have sympathy for that, but if I really had to read this book, I I would give it like a one, yeah. not lower. So yeah. I it's, it's barely literature. Yeah, real, real, real facts, real talk. Matt, I was gonna give it a one point five. Yeah, um, and that's because I'm including Same. my sent my sentimental side. With, and um, you have the additional the the additional context, you know, which I I yeah. imagine matters. Uh, yeah, I was gonna give it a I was gonna give it a one point two. Uh, I I I deeply disliked it. I disagreed uh, with a, with a lot of the actual content uh, on the merits, and you know, the, my criteria for like the one range, right, is like, did this actively make my life worse reading this? And <laughs> and in a and and in and in a way, it did because this is my first encounter with Gaddis. And I, for better or worse, rightly or wrongly, my view of him is colored in a, in a negative way by reading this book. And I know that's a bummer because I, I, I want to read his other work and I'm sure it's great. And I, I'm going to give myself some time and return to him. Uh, but, but, but this was, was, a, was a deeply off-putting uh, first encounter. Same with me. I'm, I'm a little bit more hesitant about him now, which is not yeah. fair because I- I was already hesitant, just not based just my what I've been reading lately, but like yeah, I'm a bit more hesitant. But speaking of colored <laughs> tactical and word time. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well then let's <laughs> let's make the shift, baby. All right. I, I, have a quick question. I was I was confused. Was he did he just make up those sentences or was he actually quoting another book directly? We'll talk about it for the okay. patrons. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Once again, patreon.com slash crackers. Ben, where can people find you? YouTube.com slash bookshore and keep an eye out for um, Ben Builds Mecca. I made the Gmail account already, but uh, give me like about a week or two and I'll put up my first video. Yo. Hell yeah. Ben, are you going to build something from the new Armored Core 6 Fires? Yo, do it. I might. I, okay, I had this dumb thought. I was like, what if I just build all of them in like a month? But like, 
No, um, don't do the same thing you do with books with Mecca. Don't do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Oh, Mecca, Mecca Roy. Like, Mecca Roy. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have a I have a pretty decent backlog, and I told myself to no buy no more kits this year, but I've already bought one because it was a kit that wasn't printed in twenty years. So I'm probably oh, gonna skip. You gotta it. buy it. You gotta buy it then. I already, no, yeah, I already, no one I already got it. So yeah. here, give me one second. I'll show it. But like, um. Yeah, I the new armored. I haven't played an armored cord game, but like the mechas are super dope, and I would like to build one. But like, <laughs> I I just I just really have to calm down on the kids. So, <laughs> but like, if you say so, if you say so, hey, it's yeah, your I'm, choice, it's dude. So but this is the one that that looks sick. It was oh, fucking damn. dope. It's it's a resin kit too, and that's what the thing actually looks like when it's built. So, Folks, if that's right, well, content that you've been craving, you know where to go now. Hey, listen, if I get 10,000 views on the Optimus video, I will build an armor core kit. How about that? Yeah, deal. You are, don't underestimate the Spinecrackers bump. The, spy, the infamous Spinecrackers bump. <laughs> Making out a photo of this one. And it's not uh, just cancer from listening to us. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not talking about the bump on your brain that you get yeah. after listening to us talk. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And once Appreciate again, you know, you all. Uh, we'll see you in the Patreon segment. Uh, after the jump. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again, Ben. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always fun.